Hey everyone, Evan Damerell, co-host of Locked On Cavs here. And while Chris Manning is away, I'm joined by 92.3 The Fans' Mac Robinson. On today's show, Mac and I will be breaking down our big takeaways from Cavs Nets, giving out the usual awards, and finally, what we're looking forward to as Cleveland heads to the Windy City on Wednesday. So sit back, relax, and let's get into it. Are Locked On Cavs, your daily Cleveland Cavaliers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Before we get into today's show, we want to thank you for making Locked On Cavs your first listen every single day. Remember, we are free and available on all platforms. That includes YouTube, where we are 58 subs away from 1,000. We wrote this script a little after the fact. We're actually at 1,000, so editor, throw some confetti on the screen and in the background. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Love to see it. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, go to the show notes and click that link to help us keep growing on our subscriber face. And you may have heard him in the background a little bit. This is today's guest, Mac Robinson. Mac, how are you doing today? You know, Evan, I'm good. I was able to drive into work and able to drive home, so I'm feeling good at least. You know, snow wasn't too bad on the way back, thankfully, though. That's good. We talked about it. So you may have heard us chatting on the radio if you're listening to us a second time on Tuesday morning-ish or so. Um I was going to head to today's game. It's the first thing you asked me. And some of the uh, folks who maintain our building um, were shoveling the sidewalks. And one of the one of them actually lives by me. And we're pretty friendly with one another. One another. And like, hey, you going to the game? I'm like, yeah, I'm going to try. He's like, good luck. You're not getting out. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, I, I, if you say so. And I take one crunch into this. Yeah, I take one step in the snow drift is up to my knee. I'm like, this is promising. So I get to my car. And it's it's on my Twitter page right now, but completely blocked in by a snowdrift. Just no hope whatsoever. Get a little uh, just nice kiss off wind Lake Erie with the wind, and then I just trudge back to my apartment's entrance. <laughs> and this my my friend again is just like you know I I told you you weren't going to the game today, so I covered it virtually. But I'm glad you got in safe and sound. Hope everyone else is doing safe and. Let's just get into it, man. Like the Cavs Nets was a fun game. Like what, how, what are your big thoughts and takeaways from it? Well, you know, throughout this season, we've seen the Cavaliers get tested, obviously playing up against, you know, good teams early on in the season and throughout. And, you know, this was the first, I feel signature and statement win, you know, when it comes to the Cavaliers being fully loaded at least. And, you know, they played against Brooklyn earlier on in the season with KD and James Harden, you know, without Kyrie. But at the same time, they also were without Jared Allen. You had significant minutes from Ed Davis that night, no Evan Mobley. So this is the first time that you saw them with their starting lineup, you know, minus Colin Sexton. But, you know, you saw this team go out, obviously play very well, not just hang around, but also find a way to close out this game as well. And, you know, that was something that they struggled with a little bit earlier in the season. And, mm-hmm. you know, J.B. Bickerstaff and company talked about, you know, constantly trying to work on that. And it seems like they're finally getting to that point, and especially you saw it at the tail end of that uh, road trip as well. But, you know, they were able to not only hang around with Brooklyn and kind of deal with Kyrie throughout the game, but also able to close that one out finally as well. Yeah, no, it was really impressive. I know people are going to try and discount this win a little bit because there's no Kevin Durant, but I could always counteract and say that the Cavs don't have Colin Sexton and Ricky Rubio when teams somehow beat them because I think this this Cleveland team's legit. Um we had Ben Axelrod, like Chris and I have talked about this a little bit. We talked about it on Monday's show, but 
they have surpassed Vegas's over or sorry under on them for what their win total is going to be on the season and they're only trending upwards i haven't looked at what their metrics say yet but i imagine they're still on pace to win 50 games but i absolutely agree this was a statement win for the Cavs because even if there's no kevin durant on the floor you're still dealing with kyrie irving who was was pretty good i'd say against the Cavs. almost had a triple double with 27 on 12 with the 23 shooting with seven rebounds nine assists then he had James Harden as well, 22 points, 10 assists, and finally got to the free throw line. Was 10 of 15 <laughs> from the free throw line. Great googly moogly. Um, <laughs> he got a couple star calls in this game. I'll say this one. But the Cavs were able to close. They were able to finish this game. I think they had a bit of a scare in the end of the third when Darius went out. I asked JB about that post game, and thankfully it was just a per- precautionary pull where they kind of took him just out of the game in general, just to make sure because he banged knees with someone to make sure he was okay. Came back in the mm-hmm. fourth and just kind of kept rolling from there. But my my big takeaway kind of goes hand in hand with yours. And my hesitation with this Cavs team heading into the season was just they were so young and inexperienced, especially if you really threw them into the fire because I didn't think they were going to start marketing at first that he'd be a nice bench piece. But if you were even just to start Garland, Sexton, Okoro, Mobley, Allen, when the season started, the average age of that lineup was 21.5 years old. Hmm. And you you kind of just have to have low expectations when a team that young and a team with a vet, like their two key veterans being Ricky Rubio and Kevin Love coming off the bench. And Kevin Love wasn't really even considered a key veteran at the beginning of the season. Like my expectations were low, but we're seeing them grow up in real time where we saw this Cavs team more or less the same team. Isaac Okora wasn't present, but Lamar Stevens was. So it's kind of a, not an equivalent exchange, but a trade-off in terms of just available bodies and defensive prowess. Uh, they they lost down the stretch to Golden State, who's by and far the best team in the league. But this, the Cavs pulled in within single digits, I believe, in the late third, early fourth in that game. And they at least showed a little bit of gut. They just kind of ran out of gas at the end, and I think mm-hmm. Warriors just regained momentum. And you didn't see that against Brooklyn. You're kind of just seeing them grow up in real time, and it's just kind of cool to see. Because that was my biggest concern is like, when is the other shoe going to drop? When are they going to kind of hit a wall because they're going to run out of just steam eventually, but they haven't. And it's just really fun to watch. Yeah. And and that's why too, you know, I I look at this stretch coming up as well. And I think that this is why it's so key for these guys, because yes, you're going to have your test. You have a test again on Wednesday, again, going on the road, going to Chicago, playing up against the Bulls who, you know, may or may not be without Zach Levine in that game too. So you know, at that point, still the Cavaliers, it's just playing who's in front of you. And if you're able to get another win against Chicago that you were able to get early on in December, you know, all of a sudden now you're getting an advantage against them. And going forward, that's just another notch in your belt as you're constantly going through. And as the schedule kind of eases up as the rest of the season goes. Entering today, they were tied for the second easiest schedule in all of the NBA, at, at mm-hmm. least according to Tankathon. So, you know, with the way that this season has played out, now all of a sudden the Cavaliers, it's just taking care of business against the teams that you have to play in front of you. And so, you know, some of those teams that might be a little bit on the younger side or you know, are rebuilding as well, if you're able to get those wins, then all of a sudden now you're building up a case to where you can be a little bit higher up in the in the standings at this point. Yeah, JB kind of said it really well because I believe Joe Varden just asked him, like, big picture, what are you looking at here? And JB's like, we're just taking this one game at a time, man. Like, mm-hmm. we'll... We're hoping to make the playoffs is what I've inferred from what JB is trying to say. And we'll evaluate what we did and didn't do in this 82 game stretch and kind of move forward from there. And I think that's the right approach because this Cavs team isn't really looking at the big, like 
okay, we're playing the Hornets. So we talked about this on the radio earlier. They're playing the Hornets on February 4th. That's going to be a big ish game in terms of the playoff on because them and Charlotte are kind of probably going to jockey for that six seed spot, even though Cleveland, I believe is the four seed right now and a game and a half behind Chicago for first place in the Eastern conference, at least for the time being some weird stuff could happen on Tuesday as well. But it's going to be like every game matters. Chris and I stress that like every time the Cavs beat teams, they should beat or they beat teams that you kind of surprisingly don't expect them to beat. Like all these wins matter because when you hit late March, early April, when things really start to heat up, when teams start to realize, okay, we're in the thick of this. We're going to go all in. I mean, people saw it last year at the Cavs. Once they lost to Chicago in early March last year, you saw them take their foot off the gas a little bit and do a little bit of shameless tanking and it resulted in Evan Mobley. So it was kind of a good thing in the end, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. They were, they were in the hunt of the play-in tournament for a while, and then they dropped two big games to Chicago, and you see them just kind of pull back a little bit, and then it was just kind of them in Toronto jockeying for the third or fourth worst record. But we'll talk a little bit more about that, give out our usual awards in the next segment, but I just want to give everyone a quick word from today's sponsor of this show song as the ad copy loads here today's sponsor prize picks Cavs fans you've been hearing me tell you about prize picks for months have you signed up yet if you have it now is the perfect time for a limited time prize picks is an exclusive no-brainer of an offer for all of our listeners listeners get 50 dollars for free if a player in your first prize picks entry scores a single point but only if you use the code nba that's right. This is an exclusive offer available to all Locked On Cavs fans not based in Ohio who only use the code NBA. Prize Picks has the best NBA DFS prop game on the market. Prize Picks offers more NBA props than any other DFS prop operator. It offers the all superstar players as well as bench players only recording a handful of minutes each game. Prize Picks offers any prop you can think of from points, assists, rebounds, threes, made, etc. And you can pick two to five players on an over-under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry, and it's you versus the projected numbers. I recently placed a flex play when I went to Pennsylvania on the over on Joel Embiid's points per game and took the under on Aaron Rodgers not completing enough passes, and it doubled my money. It took me all 30 seconds to make my selection. It is that easy, folks. So if you're interested, go to prizepicks.com today or use your mobile app and download the apps, app itself. All users that deposit and use the promo code NBA will get $50 free if you use prize picks and entries if your entry scores a single point. That's right. All users that deposit and use our promo code NBA will get 50 big ones free if you use prize picks and, and your entry scores a single point. Prize picks is daily fantasy made easy. We are back. It is my daily fantasy of best guest of the pod, Mac Robinson on. <laughs> Mac, still talking about Cavs Nets here. We talked a little bit of our big takeaways. We maybe Do you have any other big ones before we start jumping into our usual awards? You know, I, I would say this, and I know you and I have talked, you know, trade deadline coming up, everything like that. But I, I think the biggest takeaway that I have for today is that I, I feel like the Cavs should take advantage of that Ricky Rubio contract and at least bring somebody in at the deadline. I think I, I, I know how, how you stand on Eric Gordon for me personally. I, I think that because of the age, I'm looking at the same factor that the Cavaliers have had in the past where, hey, they somehow get a deal done two years ago for Matthew Dellavedova, and they're able to snowball that somehow into getting in future, future deals, future assets, and utilizing those to end up with Ricky Rubio somehow, some way. So, like, yeah. I, I guess I look at it in a sense where I would prefer to get somebody maybe a little bit younger, but even still, regardless, 
I think that today's victory, I think that that basically seals for me. You got to get some other player in here as well, utilizing that deal and then being able to, you know, add to this team when, to be honest, with the way that Rubio was playing, he wasn't going to get dealt from Cleveland. That wasn't going to happen. Mm-hmm. So now it's basically like finding 20 bucks in your pocket that you you didn't realize that you had. So I think that this is a way for the Cavaliers to add to the, to their rotation, add to their uh, to their team as well, and be able to utilize that. And I think that Kobe Altman can get aggressive with that. I mean, I think it'd be a little more than 20 bucks in your pocket. Maybe like finally like a crisp <laughs> hundred somehow, some way. Yeah, right. Making almost 20 million. But <laughs> yeah, you and I are on the same page of this. I've been be- slamming my fist on my desk metaphorically. I don't want to punch the mic. I'm trying really hard not to do it today. But <laughs> yeah, the Cavs need to get just some secondary offense because I, my fear is. Fans have pointed this out to me. I've noticed it myself. Darius has a little bit of something to keep his back warm or cold when he's on the bench. He's going to run out of gas a little bit eventually because I think they're squeezing every drop they can out of Darius Garland right now. Get him some help just on the offensive side of things, especially where maybe you can get some creation. You can get some shot making as well. Somebody who can kind of take over the some of the offensive possessions so Darius can kind of get some breathers every now and then because that's my fear is the good times are going to kind of come to a screeching halt because the Cavs didn't do anything. And it, it hasn't been reported. I don't think the Cavs filed for the injury exception for Ricky Rubio, so they don't have that $8.9 million option in their back pocket now. Because I think there is just some murkiness with how the CBA works, where if the Cavs were to use that exception and then trade Rubio, it might be, and even if there are two separate transactions, it might be an illegal trade at that point. So let's just say they use that exception to get like Dennis Schroeder, and they bundle Rubio with a first pick round pick and then a future first round pick to go get Karis Levert. My ideal scenario for the Cavs, but I think that trade might be illegal in theory. So I'm interested to see what they do. You pointed this out when we were on the radio earlier that Kobe Altman is one of the most aggressive GMs in the league when it comes to upgrading his talent. And he's really good at, I don't want to say middling moves, but marginal or lateral adjustments for this team. He's really good at kind of making something out of nothing. I think that's one of the most valuable skills he learned from his time learning under David Griffin because Griff was good at making something out of nothing. Like, don't still don't know how he pulled Mozgov or <laughs> JR Shumpert. Just, I mean, he got Shumpert because he took on JR, but LeBron agreed to work with JR. But like, he David Griffin went out and used the assets acquired to go upgrade this roster. And that's what I want to see Kobe do. But Mac, let's roll into it, man. Um, who is your MVP pick of the night? My MVP is going to be Isaac Okoro, and it's going to also tie into my set of the night. Spoiler alert. But yeah. with the way that he's played so far, uh, you know, obviously 15 points, two steals, uh, you know, played well as well, only getting a, only getting one rebound, I say only. But, you know, shooting five of seven from the field, one of two from deep, played well on offense, was able to be active on defense, and and really played well on Kyrie Irving. Uh, mm-hmm. So I feel like uh, Isaac Okoro for me is the MVP just because of being able to lock down one of those two options for the Nets. I think that's a really good pick. I think it's the smart pick. I think Isaac being back kind of softened the blow of Lamar Stevens being out. And uh, I, I talked to some people. It was mostly precautionary reasons why the Cavs held out Lamar tonight. I think if this was a playoff scenario, he would be good to go. But the, this is not a sprint. This is a marathon this season. I think as JD made clear post game, and I think you need to have as many people available. Lamar has earned key rotation minutes. And yeah, Isaac really stepped up to the plate. I think he's playing really well. I think the one to two from three is super encouraging, but the defense on Irving and Harden, uh, I think it was bold of the cast of it marking in on Irving or Harden to start the game. And you had either of them defending the other down the stretch at times, but 
Okoro just rules, man. Like he's so <laughs> good defensively as a team defender. I think JV pointing that out pregame was really smart. That's something I've noticed a lot more too. But his rookie season, the Cavs just told him to go out and play physically and just kind of play hard on everybody, which is what he did. And that's how he got into foul trouble more often than not. Um, looking at his foul count right now, Okoro only had two on this game, which is pretty encouraging that he can stay in these closing possessions and defend the team's best perimeter player. So, yeah, I think that's a good MVP pick, but mine's kind of obvious. I think this is a clear one here. It is the Eastern I didn't Conference take yours, Player of the so. Week. No, that's fair. You could have <laughs> taken it. It's um, it's a Midwest nice podcast. If you wanted to do something, I'd be like, oh, yeah, sure, go ahead. Even if I'm a little passive-aggressive about it. But, I didn't want to go, oh, oh, sorry, sorry, go ahead, go ahead. Let me see right now. <laughs> but it's the Eastern Conference Player of the Week. Should have mentioned this on the top, but congrats to Jerry Scarlin for those honors. Well-deserved. But he is the MVP of the night. 22 points, 12 assists, 6 rebounds. I mean, the 6 turnovers are less than ideal, but – he was key in sparking the Cavs to close out this game. He is a key player on a night-to-night basis. You're starting to see more and more that teams respect him just because like, you have Donovan Mitchell saying he's an all-star. You have other coaches saying he's an all-star caliber point guard. I'm just – I think the sky's the limit for him. Like I told you on 92.3 today that he's kind of met those expectations already, and Chris smartly pumped my brakes a little bit and said, well, we didn't expect – this from him and it's true we haven't expected this from him i'm excited to see where he goes next um i think jv put it smartly that the Cavs went 4-0 last week because of darius averaging like 22 16 and 6 which is absolutely bonkers to think about <laughs> and the reason why he won those honors is because the Cavs went 4-0 and yeah just definitely deserves those mvp honors yeah no you're absolutely right and, and throughout the game really you could tell that he was a lifeblood for that offense and you know, especially, you know, once I saw that, you know, he bumped knees and he was going to the bench, I, I was very concerned at that point because mm-hmm. then that's serious, serious dire straits for the offense. But uh, glad that he was okay. Get, glad that he was able to close that one out. And yeah, like you said, I mean, that offense in, in general and, and the way that he was able to spark the team, just tremendous for the way that he's been able to handle it. You know, absolutely. Mac, before I ask you for your play of the night pick, Chris texted me and said he wanted to make an audible mention for his case <laughs> that the Isaac Okoro baseline towards the end of the cut that towards the end of the game, like that's such a bread and butter play of the Cavs. And that's a great way to get Okoro involved. And that was my pick. And then Chris stole it. So I had to find a new one. But Mac, let me hear your play of the night pick first. Yeah. So my play of the night, I would say is a Lowry marking in three right at the end of the game, about three minutes left. Uh, because Darius was coming up over top, had Markinen. Markinen was calling for the ball, too. And in, in the fourth quarter, he was 0 for 3 prior to that from beyond the arc and had the confidence go ahead, take up the three, able to make that one. So, you know, for, for Lowry, he seems like he's getting that confidence again as well. Led the team in three-pointers today as well. So I, I was excited and encouraged by what I saw from Markinen. No, that's a great pick. Uh, folks, let us know what you think. My play the night pick i'm a simple man i like dunks garland just kind of <laughs> looking ahead and passing to a wide open evan mobley to seal the deal just really good play i think again this Cavs team's fun uh bill d filippo in front of the pod gave me two thumbs up and said this this team rules they have fun playing together and like that was a clear indicator of them having fun mac before we head into the break give me your stat of the night pick uh stat of the night pick for me is kyrie irving's fourth quarter stats uh he was he only had four points he was shoot he shot two of seven uh oh. from the field and only had two assists. So that's also, nice. like I, I said, like it. 
tying it in with Isaac Okoro, great defense from him and the way that he was able to lock down Irving. That's spicy. I like it because Mac's original pick was the Cavs beating the Nets 54 to 34 in the paint. I like that. That's that's paying attention to the detail. This is why we bring on the best <laughs> for you folks. But before we head into the break, my stat of the night pick is Brooklyn only hit they hit six three pointers in the first quarter. JB called an early timeout, maybe two quarters of two thirds of the way into the first quarter. Uh, the Cavs were trying to pack the paint against Brooklyn. Brooklyn's like, all right. And then they just kept bobbing away from three. And then for the rest of the game, Brooklyn only made six three-pointers, which is a good adjustment. I believe they didn't make a single one in the fourth. Yeah, they went 0-4 in the fourth. is even more impressive. So they only made six three-pointers in the second and the third quarter, and then none in the remainder of the game. Like That's just really good defense and good adjustment by J.B. Bickerstaff. Yeah, and especially for a team that likes to bomb it from deep like Brooklyn does. And, I mean, like I said, like I my original stat of the night, the fact that Cavaliers were able to dominate in the paint and then also take away their three pointers. I mean, it was just a, a mark. It was just a recipe for victory. That's what I was looking for. No, it absolutely is a recipe for victory. And if you wanted to place a bet on how many three pointers Brooklyn took and made against Cleveland, you might have bet incorrectly, but you might still have won somehow, some way. If you used today's sponsor, Bet Online. Bet Online would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. Bet Online remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. New year and a new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Locked On to get started. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, do not wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. Appreciate right. the segue. I appreciate the segue. Good job. Thank you. Me. Thank you. Um, <laughs> just, did you? It's kind of like a sad fact, but apparently the guy who inventor owned Segway tried to show how easily you could stop on a dime, and he drove up to a cliff <laughs> to prove the point, and he fell off the cliff and died. So. Oh, wow. Well, that's what, I always think of okay. that. I know like we're going dark, dark, but like, that's yeah. what I always, what bet online, please don't drop us because of me. That's talking why we about recorded late. That's time. why we recorded late. That's all. That's dark true, now. but we it's already, there joke. we go. We are the night, but it's, <laughs> it's what I always think of when I hear the word segue, but Mac looking ahead, like you noted at the top, the Cavs have a pretty big game on Wednesday against Chicago, and I'm going to pull up how last game went because I'm not great with memorizing numbers, even though Chris would say, Evan, you studied engineering in college. How do you not memorize numbers? I'm not a calculator, Chris, but they played on December, December 8th, and they beat the Bulls 115-92, to 92, and Darius Garland had 24 points, and Evan Mobley had 16. Like, pretty good showing. I think the Cavs, you know, wearing those throwbacks is definitely a good touch. To be fair, though, I'm trying to check who was available for Chicago. Chicago did not – oh, no, they had Lonzo Ball. They had Nick Vucevic. They had Zach Levine. They had Derek Jones Jr. at the time. They did not have DeMar DeRozan. I think DeMar will be available in this one. We'll see what happens. But, like, no Ball, no Levine. Um, Vucevic will play, but I doubt he'll make as big of an impact as you think. Like, the Bulls have a stacked roster. I think they're missing Pat Williams severely. Checking. DeMar DeRozan will likely play. He wasn't out today against Memphis when they got absolutely gobsmacked. But <laughs> – I'm excited to watch DeMar DeRozan. He's a fun player, but I think 
the Cavs or a team will say, oh, we just came in and took care of business. But I wonder if they're kind of circling this on their calendar and say, like, listen, this could be like a, another statement win for the Cleveland Cavaliers basketball club. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Because, again, you know, you switch out Zach Levine, you put in uh, DeMar DeRozan in this game. And obviously DeRozan's had a great game, even though I think that he's a forward and not a, and not a guard, according to the NBA. Uh, but, you know, I'll say this, like, again, I think that DeMar DeRozan is a great matchup for Isaac Okoro. I think that that's going to be something to watch throughout this game and how he defends him. But at the same time, I mean, again, in that last game, you know, you had Vucevic who had 18 points, 12 boards, but, you know, you had Lonzo Ball with 19. You had uh, Zach Levine with 23. I think that you're going to have some of that scoring going over to DeRozan, but Without Ball out there, without Levine, I I wonder where the offense is going to be coming from as well. Um, obviously, they have some talented players on there as well, but I, I think that the Cavaliers can take advantage of this, and I think that this can be, again, like you said, it could be another statement win for them as they try to, you know, again, piece together some of these games that they have coming forward. And with some of these easier games coming up, like the Pelicans, like the Detroit Pistons coming up too, you know, if you get a game against the uh, Chicago Bulls in your back pocket, again, you're you have knocked off two of the top three seeds in the East in the span of three days. No, it absolutely is. Um, really interesting to think about that. I mean, I'm also thinking just the came back Chicago for first place in the decision again. Did not expect that. I I've been very high on the Bulls this year. I just think some unfortunate injuries and just other things that are out of their control just impacting them. So we're talking about where they're going to get their offense from. So they got absolutely molly whopped by the Grizzlies on Monday. Demar Derozan had twenty four and five with four turnovers. He wasn't a part of the. John ja Morant, Tony Bradley altercation where Steven Adams picked up Tony, <laughs> Tony Bradley and carried him off like a child. So I, I doubt he'll be suspended for that one. Uh, Nikola Vucevic had seven points, 10 boards, three assists, two steals, two blocks. So maybe he was contributing in other ways, but I think if the Cavs can kind of just protect the paint like they're known to do because they just have a fearsome twosome in Mobley and Allen, like I think they could really slow down Vucevic considerably. They're turning to Ayo Dinsuma. Dinsumu, I probably just butchered his name, but he had 15, 10, and 6, and 5, which is wild to look at in real time here. But <laughs> getting offense from him might be tricky. Kobe White's a little bit of a microwave scorer who's kind of suited himself to a six-man roll off the bench. He had 16, 6, and 5 in this one. So they're going to get offense from other players, obviously. That's just how the NBA works. But losing those key pieces in Zach Levine and Lonzo Ball just really takes the wind out of Chicago sales a little bit, I think. And the Cavs are on a five-game winning streak right now where they're just carrying so much positive momentum their way that I just I feel like the Cavs are going to be locked in. Like Unlike other years, I'm saying like this is the perfect spell for the Cavs to fail. No, I think they're going to roll into Chicago and just kind of take care of business. I'm going to now see when's the last time Cleveland won in Chicago because it might have been a while. Yeah, and, and that's the other part of it, too, that I actually, I, I've actually enjoyed has been, you know, previously it's been, you know, playing to the level of their competition, you know, in the previous LeBron seasons at times, too, even. But, you know, that's the one difference that I've seen this year when it comes to this team is that, you know, it doesn't matter who they're playing, up and down, they're going to go ahead and make sure that they're playing their brand of basketball and they're playing to that level. And so that's where I think that the Cavaliers understand the importance of this game and, you know, like you said, the, it's the one game at a time mentality. But mm -hmm. I, I do think that this could be one that they really want to that they really want to lock down. And I, I think that they're going to come in with the the kind of intensity that you're looking for. 
No, absolutely. So a little bit of a bummer here. The last time Cleveland won Chicago was March 24th of last year. So it wasn't like a another massive streak just kind of coming <laughs> to an end like it was in Utah or like it was in Miami or any other odd place Cleveland has won yeah, this Portland year. Portland too mixed in. Portland, yeah. No, that's – oh, God. Remember, I think <laughs> it was right when the team quit on David Blatt and they just got absolutely annihilated by the Blazers. Oh, my God, yeah. Oh my god, that David that David Blatt like year and a half was just some kind of whirlwind, man. Like the different reports that would come out, everything like that. So I'm happy that we that we've finally kind of gotten past this. And apparently the Cavaliers are, you know, known as the uh the example when it comes to continuity. The model of stability is in sports in the grand scheme of sports is not something I'd say. I mean, if you look at the baseball team, it's more off the field when it comes to just branding and the naming issues and just how big of a mess the rebrand was for the Browns. It's just, they melted down on the field. And then the Cavs where the expectations were just rock bottom is just really interesting to me. And I think yeah. it's just because this team just kind of likes to see each other succeed. It's a lot of fun. Um, there's not like any, like, I don't know, man. Like, I just don't know how you can really hate this Cavs team this year. Like they're really likable. They have a lot of fun personalities. Like, I think it was funny that post game Darius Garland was literally asking everybody <laughs> in the room. He asked Isaac or if he wanted water. Then he asked Serena Winters and Chris Fedor and Joe Varden if they wanted water. Cause he had like a water <laughs> bottle. She's like pointing at everyone. And he sits down. He's like, all right, first question, Darius Garland, Isaac, do you want water? And I'm just like, this is, <laughs> this team's goofy. They're silly. I mean, they're young. That's, that's the thing. They're staying true to themselves. I mean, JD Bickerstaff knows the right balance of being a coach and being like, a friend and a boss at the same time, but there's a clear like respect there where he's like, even though I'm going to be your buddy, I'm still your, your coach at the end of the day. Like you don't treat me like I'm some buffoon kind of thing. And he has his finger on the pulse of this team. Like I think he should win coach of the year this year. I know people are going to be claiming for Taylor Jenkins in Memphis, but there's expectations in Memphis. There just weren't any in Cleveland to be frank. Like I know if you go on the chase down, they'll probably say like we, they've always felt this way, but like any outsider who isn't affiliated with the Cavaliers organization probably <laughs> didn't feel that way. No shots to Justin, all love and to Carter too. Hope you get your check mark someday, big guy. But like, yeah, this could be a statement win. I know your people are going to kind of like, just like this win over the Nets, they go, oh, there was no Kevin Durant. Big whoop. They The Cavs are beating teams they may not have even expected to beat. They are winning in emphatic fashion, and like they are cruising their way to possibly 53 wins this season. So if they finish the season 53 and I'm doing math here, 29, like, I would have expected the inverse for the record where they are 29 and 53 <laughs> to finish the season. Like, no disrespect to these guys, but I was so low on them coming into the year, and I'm very glad to say I was wrong. Yeah, and, and I felt like I was pushing it when I said, oh, you know what, maybe like a little over 30. I think, like, I, I'm, I, I feel like I'm going on an island at that point before the season. Now it's to the point where, like you said, we're talking 50-plus wins. And, you know, for the people that will question about this win and uh, I didn't know KD – I mean, again, earlier on in the season, and I'll get the exact box score up, but, you know, they played against the Brooklyn Nets earlier in the year without their guys, and they only lost by five points. They lost 117-112 yeah. without Jared Allen, Evan Mobley in that game. So, you know, I, I look at this team, and even if it's without Kyrie, you're still going up against one of the top scorers in James Harden, one of the best, you know, on-ball dribblers and, you know, scorers and Kyrie Irving and finishers. So mm -hmm. you still have a tough test regardless. And 
at the end of the day, you're playing teams that are, you're playing the team that's in front of you. It's not about like, oh, you know what? Kevin Durant's hurt. We'll come back. We'll talk to you in about a month and a half and we'll get going on this. Like, again, it's just playing your schedule, playing who's in front of you at that point. Exactly. I couldn't have said it better myself and just kind of interested to see what happens next. But Mac, before we wrap up, thank you again for coming on the show. Uh, do you want to give yourself a quick plug, quick shout out, tell people where they can find you and uh, anything you've been kind of working on behind the scenes you were able to share? Uh, yeah. So I, uh, you guys can find me on Twitter at Mac Robinson 95. Uh, you know, I've been working over at 923 the fan hosting a few shows hosted earlier on uh, Martin Luther King day as well, uh, where you can check out our, uh, my interview with Evan as well. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, mainly just, uh, working behind the scenes over at night through the fan, you know, occasionally with Chico on the night show, uh, as well. And, you know, kind of just taking care of some things behind the scenes as well. No, no, your, your work is always appreciated. Thank you for having me on and giving me a platform. God knows you guys are some of the nicest folks ever. I always tell you and Spencer and everybody else, like, I just need to hire you all to be my personal hype men because you just make me feel so good about myself when I'm coming on. But oh yeah, thank of course, you. man. You know, th- you know, thank you. I appreciate it. But thank you to everyone else for making Locked on Cavs your first listen every day. For tomorrow, Chris will be on with Jackson Frank. They'll be talking about the Darius Garland, Jared Allen dynamic. As Chris is in Tampa Bay, he's settling some uh, offshore account matters for the podcast. That's all I can really <laughs> say right now. It might be caught up in some legal red tape. But now, if you want to make your second listen anything interesting, check out Locked on Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked on Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms probably the same place you're listening to locked on calves.